Welcome to the Feminine Truth Podcast with Mary Miranda, a place where you can reconnect with your wild, cyclical, and fierce truth. I am Mary Miranda, a mentor, coach, healer, and intuitive. I guide women on a journey of remembrance, reconnection, and embodiment of who they are, their essence, power, and truth by reawakening the power of their feminine energy, womb, and menstrual cycles. Join me each week to indulge in raw, unedited, and unfiltered topics to help women own and step into their divine feminine truth and become unshakable, unapologetic, and bold in who they truly are. Let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Feminine Truth Podcast with your host, Mary Miranda. Today, I'm really, really excited. I have Louise Ryder with us. And the reason why I'm so excited is because he is also in alignment with menstrual cycles and everything that has to do with cycle thinking. That is something that I'm very passionate about. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. So why don't you start telling us what, who you are, what you do, how you help women, and just a little bit of your story, how you got started on this journey. Yeah. So I'm Louise Ryder and I run Woman in Power Coaching and there I am a fertility awareness educator and I also support women to live in tune with their menstrual cycle. So there's kind of these two arms, if you like, of my work. One is that I teach natural contraception, which is a fertility awareness method. And then the other one is that I work with the concepts developed by Red School to really help women tune into the power of their menstrual cycle and to use it as a, a framework for becoming more embodied, understanding themselves better, and for creating more ease in really everything that they do. So that applies in business, in life, in relationships. The menstrual cycle kind of can be applied anywhere because it's, it's in my opinion, it's embodiment sort of at the basic core level and everything comes from there you just start by tuning in and then everything else can become a hell of a lot easier <laughs> when when you have that awareness and when you're paying attention and yeah. that's amazing and how did you get started or what what provoked you to start on this journey to wanting to learn about menstrual cycles because you know it's such a taboo topic and we have this very toxic mindset around it mm -hmm. it's like a source of shame it's a source of let's hide it let's not talk about it let's just put it under the rug so like what happened in your life that pushed you to want to learn about it to want to study it to embody it and now teach it it's so funny because I used to be like the biggest period hater like, <laughs> oh aren't we all <laughs> I know but when I first started my periods I was like this is disgusting like I can remember reading back a journal entry where I'm like how is this happening to me why is this happening how do I make it stop and I went on the pill when I was like 14 with the sole aim of not having periods like I didn't need contraception I just did not want to have periods and that was what I was saying to my doctor like how can I how can I make this stop I don't want it and that continued for about 10 years 
like I was switching between different methods of hormonal contraception to see which one would eliminate my period the best. Wow. And then I was, I was in London, I was single and not having any sex. And I was like, maybe I should just give my body a bit of a break from the hormones. And then for two years, I didn't have a period without being on any birth control. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is odd. It felt like when it was my choice, it was okay. But now it wasn't my choice. And it freaked me out a bit. But all the doctors just kept on saying, like, this is fine. If you don't want to get pregnant, we're not worried about it. So, you know, you're like hesitant, but they're in a white coat. So (laughs) they went to medical school. So I was like, this is fine. I long story short, I got a copper IUD, my period came back, but the copper IUD was awful, like the worst periods ever. And at that point, I just threw my hands up in the air and was like, forget it. I'm out of contraception. I'm not doing it anymore. And then it was this really serendipitous thing. It just people kept on bringing up fertility awareness and cycle awareness it was like it just found me it just came into my field and I was like oh my god if people don't stop like if I don't pay attention to this <laughs> I'm clearly getting a message here yeah and I'll never forget my first I was like okay I'm gonna well first I started cycle tracking just paying attention to how I was day to day on the recommendation of a coach I was working with and from there, it's like a spiral. So then I started fertility awareness for birth control. And that first session that I had with my instructor was a pivotal moment in my life. I can remember coming off it and being like, how did I not know all of this information about how magic my body is? Yes. And how incredible the cycle as a whole is. And I like, my mind was blown. Then I had to tell everyone. And I was like, this is what I need to do now. I need to tell everyone about this information. And it was like a slippery slope. (laughs) From there, I just got more and more obsessed and more and more in tune. And it just became more obvious to me with every day how this is how we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. Oh, my God. So how long have you been helping women more on the coaching sense on the guidance on the mentorship yeah it's been a year and a half Mm. because um, I used to work in entertainment oh I know (laughs) (laughs) so before the pandemic I was on tour with Cirque du Soleil and this whole yeah so this whole journey with my cycle started then while I was on tour and I was doing all this studying sort of separate to my work I knew this was where I wanted to go but I you know wanted to be ready wanted to be trained and then the pandemic happened and I was completely you know entertainment stopped yeah so I was like well at least I at least I know what I wanted to do and I started straight away like within I finished my job in March and by April I was running my first course I was just like, this is, you know, I mean, it sucked to have lost my job like that, but to have that direction and to be so clear, like, I, I need to do this. It was, it was amazing. And I also got a job with Red School who developed cycle awareness yeah. in the way that I teach it. Um, very soon after I finished with Cirque as well. So it just all sort of 
happened really beautifully it was just like okay this is your path now it was like aligned it was like aligned yeah. path was kind of being paved for you like this is where you're supposed to go you're in the right direction yeah exactly oh, yep. so how how did you navigate the stress uh, during the pandemic losing your job and facing this like oh my god I'm gonna launch myself now as an entrepreneur in a way build my own business and stress was really bad for a lot of women and our cycles were all over the place our hormones mm -hmm. so how did you navigate that um the stress and it did it affect your periods it didn't and i think it's because i was so anchored in my cycle mm -hmm. like that was one thing that just wasn't changing mm -hmm. everything around me was changing but the cycle i could hold steady to that and i actually really used it as a a processing tool for my grief and I've just been doing the same this year I ended I was engaged and I ended that and the cycle has been this incredible vehicle for managing grief mm -hmm. and with uh, one of the maps that Red School developed it's it's the five chambers of menstruation mm -hmm. and they reflect the process of grief so it, it becomes this sort of bigger holding so the five chambers are separation surrender renewal visioning and then clarity and direction mm -hmm. and we go through those each time we bleed mm -hmm. but we also go through those each time we go through a big life change mm -hmm. and so I really worked with that concept both when I lost my job and when I ended my relationship as this like bigger holding to like okay you go through separation you go through surrender like let the process take you where it's going to and then you enter into renewal and you're like okay the world hasn't ended there's hope yes. <laughs> visioning you can see what's possible you can see this new world that you're in And then clarity and direction is like, okay, I know where I'm going. And that's like one of the most beautiful and underspoken about, I think, elements of cycle awareness is like, if you really engage with your cycle, it's practice for life. Yes. Like if you engage with each of those five chambers every time you're on your period, and then something like a pandemic happens or there's all this grief or a breakup or whatever, you're already practiced. Yes. You already know it's going to get better because everything is always changing anyway. Mm -hmm. So it sets you on this beautiful foundation from which you can continually evolve. Yeah, I feel like it really anchors you into your body, into just immersing yourself in this experience. And it sounds a lot in congruency with the moon cycles like mm -hmm. the same thing it's just like every face is different it's still the same process the one one of the it's eight faces of the moon right so one mm -hmm. of the faces for releasing the other one is for this for this for this it's just like so i i just love how everything is connected everything is so yeah. connected and if people just understood the power of your cycle the moon your inner being how it how connected it makes you feel and how mm -hmm. it transform everything around you i think it's just so powerful and i love yeah. the five chambers um this is the book 
wild power right yeah okay so I read the book because I was like oh I'm like I've read the chambers <laughs> I just couldn't read yeah. them um so I do of course I'm gonna be reading every book on periods and wild power and like, taking our power back because for me it's like a source of power the mm-hmm. woman, our menstrual cycle and our feminine energy for me those are the three portals to reconnect with yourself so absolutely oh my god I love this so <laughs> we talk a little bit about uh we'll go back to the periods a little bit but I want to mm-hmm. talk about natural contraception because you mm-hmm. this is what you do this is how you got started and a lot of people don't know a lot of people <laughs> they just they obviously they resort to contraception the pill because they don't know they can just track their cycle naturally they can learn how to read the um the charts of your cycle they and they just don't know they're so disconnected and like you said when you go to your doctor all they do is give you the pill or give you some type of hormonal contraceptive to stop your period Mm-hmm. I and on my on the pill when I was I believe I must have been 16 17 I was not having sex at all mm-hmm. for me it was painful periods I always mm-hmm. had painful irregular periods like four times a year three times a year my periods were super long sometimes four mm-hmm. weeks long I didn't even know there was something wrong I just thought I was like oh this is how periods are so painful And like you, I went to the doctor when here in the United States, I was already here. Um, and they just gave me the pill and I mm-hmm. broke out with acne like crazy and I hated it. Mm. And then later on, something happened. Uh, and then I stopped taking him because I'm like, this is just not the way it's supposed to be. I never had acne. I never had acne problem. And I guess a lot of people also take it because they, it helps with acne from what yeah. I understand and for me it's like it gave me acne and I just cursed it and I hated it I'm like never going back to it and then something happened that I lost my right ovary um it ruptured mm-hmm. and the, the the doctor my surgeon and the OBGYN all they said is you need to go on the pill to prevent ovulation you need to go on the mm-hmm. pill I didn't even bother searching for it they didn't explain to me I had no idea what ovulation I knew it was part of my cycle I just didn't even know what it would do to me and I was just like oh ovulation is bad I'm gonna take the pill because I don't want to lose my ovary and I mm-hmm. never was an advocate or self-reliable to search what my condition anything I just trusted the doctors mm-hmm. and it's like this is what they do for me they yeah don't help you connect with your body connect with your womb they don't help you find the roots so let's talk about natural contraception what it is and all the juicy stuff about it <laughs> yeah so there are we tend to talk about it we talk about fertility awareness yes and actually there are lots of different methods of fertility awareness so you can do hormone testing you can do mucus only you can do calendar data like there are lots of different ways to practice fertility awareness but I'll speak to the symptothermal method which is what I teach mm-hmm. so what we do is we take our temperature first thing in the morning every day and we monitor our cervical mucus which is like the discharge that you see when you go to the bathroom or that you can feel as you're walking around and we monitor that throughout the day every day And we use that information to determine whether or not we're fertile mm-hmm. because ovulation only happens once per menstrual cycle. So 
it can happen twice, but if it was going to happen twice, it would be within the same 24 hour period. So we can identify roughly when that is the only way to know hundred percent when you ovulate is to have an ultrasound, but by tracking your mucus and your temperature, sometimes we also do the position of the cervix because that moves through the cycle, but really mucus for most people works just fine and is better researched anyway. Yeah. And I feel like when you measure the, your, with your finger, it's like, you yeah. don't even know sometimes I'm like, you said, <laughs> it's like so weird. <laughs> it can, yeah, it can be like, I don't harder know. to, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. The mucus and uh, temperature is so much better. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. But essentially what happens is we have low, lower relative temperatures in the first half of our cycle. I like to say that's like your eggs are in the fridge. And then in the second half of the cycle, so after ovulation, the temperature rises mm. and you can see a sustained increase in temperature. And that's because there's progesterone in the system, which is like saying, you know, when people say there's a bun in the oven, <laughs> it's like your body heating up so that it can receive and maintain a pregnancy. So that's the sort of one very clear indicator that ovulation has happened. And then the mucus, sperm survive in cervical mucus for up to five days. So in the lead up to ovulation, we get an increase in what we call fertile cervical mucus. So when you're paying attention, you'll notice a pattern that normally goes something like white and creamy through to clear, stretchy, slippery and what we're doing is we're monitoring that pattern to see okay i know the ovulation is approaching and then when we can see that that's dried up and our temperature has risen we're like okay ovulation has passed and then we put a buffer around that window so that we're like 100 percent sure we're clear of ovulation and we basically don't have unprotected sex in that window but outside of that window, we could have unprotected sex, no problem, no pregnancies. And the really sad thing is that, you know, when we're on the pill or whatever, we're shutting down this whole process, which is how we make hormones, like we make hormones by ovulating. We need our hormones. This is like an essential part of our health. Mm-hmm. So using fertility awareness allows you to keep your cycle. It allows you to make hormones which keep you healthy. And it lets you, you know, have unprotected sex for the rest of your cycle as long as you're not fertile. And even if you weren't using it for contraception, it's like basic body literacy Mm -hmm. that we should all know how to do. Because, of course, then if you ever want to conceive, you turn it on its head and you know exactly when you're fertile without relying on some app that is guessing based on when you had your period, which is ineffective. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times your period is 28 days, 29, 30, 31, and it's this calculation. So it's better if you just track it uh, manually. But I was going to ask you a question, and I'm pretty sure you get this a lot. And this is something that a lot of women fear. Can you Mm -hmm. get pregnant anytime during your menstrual cycle, which is anytime during the month? No. (laughs) (laughs) But the key is you have to be tracking, right? So if you're not actually charting 
and you don't know what you're looking at, then of course, yeah, you could get pregnant because you could be about to ovulate Mm -hmm. and you just didn't know because you weren't charting. But there are only about six days per cycle when you can actually get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that's the combination of the sperm surviving in the cervical mucus and then the day that you ovulate. So once you've ovulated, there's, an, there's a window. The egg survives for about 24 hours, but it can only be fertilized for like 10 to 12 hours of that window. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with people who are trying to conceive, what we want to do is time sex like before ovulation has happened so that the sperm are in the cervical mucus and they're essentially waiting like at the door <laughs> so, <laughs> for the egg to come out. So let's just suppose uh, the way it is, on your day 14th is your ovulation day. Mm-hmm. So the way you would go about helping someone who's trying to conceive is to have intimacy and intercourse four or five days before every single day or? It's really we prioritize the most fertile cervical mucus because we don't know 100% when that exact moment of ovulation is going to happen. So when someone is trying to conceive, I invite them to abstain even when they see just the like creamy white cervical mucus so that they can see that point when it gets clear and stretchy and slippery. And then that's when they time sex because that's when the sperm are going to survive. Like the best days for conception are between one and three days before ovulation itself. Mm-hmm. That's amazing information to know because I know, and, and I, I did this like in my twenties when I didn't mm-hmm. have, I have no awareness and I was not awakened at all that I wouldn't be, even be ovulating. I don't even think you might've been just like after, I don't know. And I would take sometimes the morning after pill mm-hmm. without even knowing. So my hormones would get all whacked. My periods would get all whacked, my mood, mm-hmm. everything. And I would just feel like, like shit, pretty much. Yep. And for me, it's like, it hasn't happened since I reconnected with my period. I started tracking it. I started being aware of my mucus, my ovulation, and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not needed <laughs> to take that extra dosage of hormones that is so, it's so damaging to us. And people don't even know about like, here it's called plan B. I don't know what it's called over there where you live, but it's just like the morning after it's like, oh my gosh, like if you could imagine the damage that it's, that's doing to your body. <laughs> yeah. And the really amazing thing is about practicing fertility awareness as well is, you know, whether or not you need to take the plan B and you know whether or not it's going to work because what plan B does it is it delays ovulation. Mm-hmm. So if you had had sex where you'd already ovulated, like if you, if you managed to like get it on, you had sex on the day, that you ovulated then the plan b wouldn't actually work yeah because it works by preventing ovulation so then you would know like okay i need to get an iud or something which is gonna prevent implantation or you know ah i was i was good anyway like i was infertile anyway at that time so i don't need to take it Mm -hmm. like so if you're not in a partnership or whatever like it's still so necessary to be tracking because then you can use it to inform those decisions Mm -hmm. as well as just knowing what's happening in your own body Mm -hmm. yes oh my gosh so let's talk a little bit about uh hormonal hormonal contraception 
Mm-hmm. And what thoughts you have around it, if women should go on it or they shouldn't, if you uh, are pro or con, if you can talk about it or what is, uh, because I know you had the IUD and you did birth control like many of us did. <laughs> I've never mm-hmm. done the IUD. I've never done any of that. The only thing I've done is the pill, which for mm-hmm. me, it was just like a horrible experience. But what yeah. are your thoughts around hormonal contraception? I... I can't say that I'm against it mm-hmm. because I think it's really important for women to have access to it yeah. and for them to be able to use it if that is truly what is best for them in the circumstances that they're in. The problem that I have with it is the way that it's marketed, like the be-all and end-all mm-hmm. of contraception without full disclosure about what it is doing in the body. Because most of us, you know, we see that the pamphlet that you get with it, but it's like, ah, oh, I don't read it. It's pretty or, yeah, exactly. small. Like, <laughs> did you know that the, the reason why we have those pamphlets is because of the birth control pill? Before that, those pamphlets didn't exist. Wow. But when the pill came along, they needed to create the pamphlet because the side effects were so fast. Mm-hmm. And our whole bodies are covered in sex hormone receptors. So we think about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone as like purely sex hormones that govern our fertility. But actually our brain is covered in them. Our whole body is covered in sex hormone receptors and they're responsible for a lot of different processes in the body, our mood, our appetite, like they're contributing all over the place. So when we shut that down, we have no idea what the impact is Mm -hmm. of that like it hasn't been studied to the extent that it should have been and my favorite person for this is dr sarah hill she wrote this is your brain on birth control Mm -hmm. and she talks very specifically about the impact on our brains and one of the most alarming things is that we have no idea what the impact is on teenagers brain development when they're put on the pill as teenagers, because the whole process of puberty is orchestrated by our sex hormones, including in our brains. And so if you don't have your sex hormones being produced, then your brain can't go through the the development that it needs to go through in order for puberty to complete. Mm -hmm. And they have studied this in adult women, and they know that Although an adult woman's brain is changed by the pill, it does return to its former state afterwards, after she comes off it. But we don't, they've never studied what happens in a teen brain. So So that's one thing that's really alarming. That is so alarming and incredible information to know. Yeah. Um, Especially for parents, moms who trust the doctors know what's bad for their daughters. And I like for me, my mom didn't speak the language. So Mm -hmm. she was not informed. She trusted the doctors. I trusted the doctors, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just that it's just that there's not a lot of people talking about this, like very like now there is but before when I was like, in my teens, like, no, it didn't happen, you know. So this is incredible. I am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that book now. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I want to do because that's just 
And my niece, she's nine years old. So she's about that age that she's developing already. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when she's going to get her menstrual cycle. But for me, it's like, I'm here to be an advocate also for my niece. She has her mom. I know, you know, but this is my cup of tea. (laughs) Things like that. It's like, I'm going to read that because I am very interested in learning this, like more about this being informed, which is something that we all need to do so we can make empowered decisions. And like you said, it's, um, I'm not pro or um, against it, the birth control. I think every woman has agency and sovereignty to Mm -hmm. decide what's best for them. And I know in some, some have excruciating pain, endometriosis pain. I have endometriosis. I've had fibroids. I've had all of the womb health issues that you can think of. (laughs) And this is why, what led me to this, be be doing this work today. So Mm -hmm. when I had my fibro removed three years ago, four years ago now, um, it was a nine centimeter tumor in my uterus. Mm -hmm. After that, the doctor, the only thing they said, you need to get pregnant. You need to get pregnant if you don't get pregnant right now, because this is when I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which mm-hmm. it can only be diagnosed if they open you up pretty much. That's the only way, you know, yeah. uh, for so many years, I would go to the doctor. I'm like, I have all this pain. I have this pain, painful, painful sex was so painful to me. Sex has never been pleasant to me because mm-hmm. of pain and it, it just like so many issues. Right. And they said um, they only answer they would give me is that you have to go on the pill or you have to get pregnant or induced um um uh menopause which means that i will get a hysterectomy Mm. those were the three choices they never said there's other ways and inside of me my body like i just got chills right now because it's like no there's gotta be a better way there's gotta be a better Mm -hmm. there's gotta be this is not i i don't want to get pregnant i don't know if i want to be a mom (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have a hysterectomy. Like, I already don't have an ovary. And that for so many years, I felt like less than a woman. Mm. Because I didn't have an ovary. And and I'm like, I don't want to have to take birth control. Like, I was like, my whole body was like, a hell no, against it. It's like, there's something in me. And this is when I started this journey. So mm. it's just incredible, like, how doctors don't give you more information. They only give you one solution yeah solution (laughs) yeah the really sad thing is that they don't even know you know they're not even taught at medical school it's just like yeah the pill is the is the solution to all problems for all women everywhere it's like no that's marketing you know like they don't even know yeah There's one other side effect of the pill that I think is really important to highlight for people because I think more so than, you know, its impact on your mental health or your, you know, blood and and things like this, is it can impact who you're attracted to. No way. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about this. Tell us about it. So they've found that, and well, well, I'll loop around to it. So they found that women who are on the pill are more likely to be attracted to guys with more feminine features. So softer jaw, smaller shoulders. And so, and then women who aren't on the pill are more attracted to, you know, broad shoulders, broad jawline, more masculine features. features. Yeah. So what they found is that sometimes there are women who get into a relationship, they're on the pill already, they come off of it to try to have a baby and then they realize that they're no longer attracted to their partner. 
That's a huge problem. <laughs> oh my god. And what they have also found is that men who are in relationships with women on the pill, it impacts their testosterone as well because their testosterone responds to our estrogen. So if we're not cycling naturally, their testosterone doesn't respond either. Oh my God, that is incredible. I never Isn't knew it? that. This is amazing. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> and I feel like if I feel like that's the kind of tangible thing where people will go, oh wow. <laughs> oh my god oh my god I'm like thinking I'm like wow I wonder how it impacts somehow I don't know why I'm thinking this how does this impact your feminine energy your masculine energy it's a shifted this is incredible this is like something that everybody should be testing for themselves Like I am attracted to muscular muscles, broadness, the jaw, the facial hair, a very manly, like bushy eyebrows. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like hair, chest hair. I like yeah. I like manly men. I do. Yep. I do. And I'm not on the pill, so there is my testimony to that. <laughs> I can also attest to this. <laughs> This is amazing. Oh my God. I'm so happy you came on this podcast because I'm like <laughs> mind blown right now. <laughs> okay. So since it's all, it's um, with this, we can go into menstrual cycle awareness and embody mm-hmm. menstrual cycles because with that, it's like, okay, now it's important to reconnect with our menstrual cycle. It's important to embody this and, and live this way. So let's mm-hmm. start talking about that, the menstrual cycle awareness and all of that. Yeah. So the way, the easiest way that I find to, to break it down, again, this is a red school concept is to talk about the cycle in terms of the inner seasons. Mm-hmm. So we have our winter, which is our period. Then we go into our inner spring, which is this phase of growth, innocence, play. It's like you, you don't have to get anything right. You're really like emerging out into the world. And then around ovulation is our inner summer. So this is when we're at like the peak of our estrogen we're feeling really juicy and in ourselves it's when we can really show ourselves in the world we can step out and really be fully in ourselves Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of a shadow side to that as well because it can be easy to get carried away and sort of drawn in by everyone else's needs rather than our own so that's part of the work and then we have our inner autumn which is a premenstruum and this is when we have like our inner critic is online we're really good at sort of editing discerning it's when all of the like truths of how we really feel come through and inner autumn is like my favorite because people have this notion of pms and people getting really moody and irritable when they're premenstrual And actually, it's it's just the truth. (laughs) It's like all of this, you know, all of the people pleasing, all of the doing everything for everyone else that so many women go through. It's like you can't keep the lid on that anymore. And so, so many people end up bursting out in their inner autumn and, and feeling all this rage that they just can't contain anymore. 
And when we practice cycle awareness, we can really get into like, what is the truth in this? Because of course it's not all true, but there might be five or 10% of truth that we can access and we can use that to really fuel ourselves and, and help ourselves to not get to the point of complete outrage, yeah. but instead to be in a place where you can actually make the best decisions and, and advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of cycle awareness that I really like. Like there is cycle syncing where you're syncing your whole life around your cycle and it's quite methodical and quite masculine. And it really, I mean, it's, it's. Thank you for saying that because this is what I have. I even, I've written posts about this, how cycle syncing, um, it's very masculine energy driven. It's very, it's productivity, strategies, structure. You have to do it this way. You have to fit in this box. And it's just like, I was like, I never fit in that box. Like I try so hard and it's like, no, this is another thing for me trying to achieve something, trying to be perfect, trying to, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, this is just not the approach I want because I'm so disconnected from me. I'm too much here. Yeah. (laughs) It kept me too much here. So, okay. Thank you for saying that because it's so true. I I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what this is, is it's about tuning into how you actually feel on a given day and operating from that place rather than okay well today you know I'm supposed to be really good at like doing interviews or whatever so like that's what I have to do even if I don't feel like it and and as you're paying attention you will start to notice your own patterns and you'll be able to predict how you're going to feel on any given day and you can plan your life in that way but because it's what works for you because you know your own pattern not because it's what is written in a book somewhere it's all about coming back to yourself your own patterns to knowing yourself better and using that information to make decisions and to acknowledge like oh normally I feel like this on day 23 but today I don't feel like that and that's fine because I'm human not a robot Yes. And really cultivating like compassion and self-acceptance through this practice of tuning into yourself. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so, so when you are helping clients and the way you helped yourself with embodying this menstrual cycle is basically you start tracking it. Mm-hmm. You start just getting more in tune with your energy. I'm just curious about your way because I have my own way, obviously. But um, so it's just more that starting to tracking and recognizing your own energy, your own patterns. Or what else like do you um, help advise or guide people with, like women with? Yeah, so it's, it's really the, the basic core of it all is the paying attention. So if there's one practice, that I advocate for, for everyone to do daily. It's just a very simple practice of asking, how am I doing today? Like Mm -hmm. what cycle day am I I on and how do I feel? Mm -hmm. And making a note of that somewhere. So I'm extra, I track in like, (laughs) (laughs) I chart my cycle for my contraception. I make a note of like, the different things that I did, did I exercise? How easy did that feel? How productive did I feel? Was I stressed? Was I in pain? Like all of these things, I have a, a like a bullet journal 
that tracks all these different things so I can notice those patterns, appetite, everything. And then I journal. And then I also picked like a word <laughs> to describe the day. But that's because I'm extra, right? Like this is my... And you found like, I'm sure like month after month, you found like, oh, I want to track this too. You kept adding things, right? Because sometimes I Absolutely. think when women start tracking, they get overwhelmed. <laughs> so yeah. there's like, I have two apps that I actually use, but I also mm -hmm. track it manually in my calendar and in a notebook, like the patterns and everything. And yeah. for me, it just started basic the dates, the dates of my menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. my moods. I started with those, yeah. two, my moods, because yeah. my moods were all over the place. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. it, but then you keep adding, you keep adding. So, women, if you're listening to this, don't get overwhelmed. And do you have like a PDF or a tool or something when people come to you? It's like, like a guidance for them to, yeah. to track. Okay. So, it makes it so much yeah, easier. Yeah. I have a, I have a free one that they can, if they go to my Instagram, they can download it. It's a wheel mm -hmm. and it just has, it has three little squares where you can, you know, color it in. If you meditate it or whatever, you get to choose what you track. And then there's just space for like a couple of words to describe the day. It's so basic. It's one, one sheet of paper and you get to see your whole cycle as it plays out on that sheet of paper. Oh, amazing. Okay. Everything, all the links are going to be included in the show notes. So people yeah. can go to your Instagram and in the link in your bio. Perfect. Yeah. But then from there, <laughs> once they're doing that basic practice, we can take it anywhere. Like there's, you can use it as a tool for personal growth or for working on creative projects, like the creative cycle is built in like it is a creative cycle but one of my favorite things that i'm doing at the moment is pattern interruption through cycle awareness mm. so what i was noticing in my clients was they would hit the same like on a cd if it had a scratch on it they would hit the same struggles at the same point in their cycle and it would be like no the problem is solved like i'm not doing that anymore i don't keep I don't know, going back to that guy or falling into like binge eating or whatever it is. And then we would come around and it would be like, ah, oh, I did it again. And what we notice is the same patterns happen at the same cycle point. So then rather than going with a strategy and thinking like, oh, this is working so well. And then it falls off. It's like, okay, we know we need to work with this one very particular point in the cycle because everywhere else it's working just fine. So what is it at that point that's that's taking you away from yourself? And how can we, in those moments, bring you back? And it's been so powerful to watch how drastically things shift when we do that. Because I think in general healing modalities or therapy or coaching or whatever that doesn't acknowledge the cyclical nature, it can just look like you're falling off the wagon which i hate that phrase oh my god it puts so much shame in us like we're so not much shame yes and it's like no you just have a different cocktail of hormones running through your system yes and like maybe it's fine that you you know eat unhealthily for two days of your cycle like who gives a shit or maybe you know it's a behavior that you really really don't want to do and that we want to change we only need to focus on like two days because the rest of the time yeah. you're doing just it's amazing. so much kinder 
Yeah, and that's amazing because this, I feel like it allows you to go deeper into the relationship you have with yourself, with your body, your own patterns, your shadow, your mm -hmm. behaviors. And that is yeah. amazing that you do this work and then you're able to pinpoint the pattern the exact same time in the cycle. And it's funny how it happens every cycle. <laughs> it's like life will keep repeating the same thing until you do the work to heal it. So it's like yeah. every month your body is like, hey, hello, there's something here. Pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's the so awareness you have, not only with your body, but with your mind. Like it's all connected. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And the cycle, like, it gives you these different perspectives. Like you will feel in different ways about situations at different points of your cycle. Mm -hmm. You just will. Yes. And so if you're paying attention, it's like you get four different opinions, one for every season, and then you get to decide what do you want to do about it. Yes, this is when um, I always found it super hard to be accepted for my mood swings, for my, you know, my rage and everything. It's always this shame that I had that I'm just bipolar. I always thought I was bipolar for some reason, which is so mm -hmm. not even true. And my sister, she is a professional counselor. She's taken so many psychology classes. And I was like, am I bipolar? Like, tell me, you're starting to be a psychologist. Tell me, a therapist. Mm -hmm. but you are not bipolar. Stop it. And it's because of this, how people made me feel about my emotions, you know? And mm -hmm. it was just like this disconnect that I would reject every emotion that I felt. And I always thought I was this horrible person. And when mm -hmm. I started getting connected to the, my cycle, and I started learning like, oh, uh, different phases of your cycle, you feel differently. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like I am totally okay with having all these different versions of me come out even within the same day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it just gave me permission to accept myself that I am a wild mm -hmm. woman and that I am not going to be the same every day, all day long, all month long. Like it just changes. And yes, there is an archetype for every phase. But for me, I just feel like I go through all the archetypes sometimes within the same day. It's <laughs> yep. bad. And it's just gave me permission to like, it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. I am not hormonal. I am not lunatic. <laughs> I am not crazy. I am not any of those things. I'm simply a cyclical woman. And that's yes. it. And it's just like this. Oh my gosh, freedom and liberation from all the shame, all the guilt, or, and even with men, it's happened. I just had a situation where someone did not accept how emotional I am. I cry for everything. I'm such a sensitive person. I'm so empathic. Mm -hmm. If I see someone crying, I don't, I don't even have to know the reason I cry. <laughs> it's how sensitive I am. And this person, I, we were dealing with this like uh, disagreement and he's just like, oh, great. Now you're going to cry. Can you just like not cry when we're talking? I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I can't. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is just not in alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish to be in contact with you. And it was just this that I started to feel a little bit bad about how emotional I am. And I'm like, no, no one is going to make me feel shameful for my emotions my wildness, how cyclical I am, if I'm crying or not, I need someone to embrace all of me because I embrace mm -hmm. all of me. 
and you know and it's just like this like constant things that sometimes like I fall into things like that even with family mm-hmm. members and it's always like the awareness that like no it's okay it's okay to be emotional it's okay if during my luteal phase or my inner uh, autumn I'm not feeling the greatest it's like it's okay you know and it's just like this whole permission of allowing you to be who you are and accepting you and getting to know you and working with that it's just so beautiful I love it yeah it's such a good filtration system as well for like the people that you want in your life like yes if they can't accept you in all your phases then like they can get the hell out yes same when it comes to fertility awareness it's like oh I'm sorry you want me to shut down my natural cycle like the the door is that way Yes. And for me, it's anyone because I do blood rituals, I do things, um, rituals, connections with my blood, my menstrual blood. And I've had and it's always this. So right now I'm transitioning um, through I'm divorcing. And so I'm transitioning to this new uh, decoupling from this person, I guess. And for me, it's like, it's what's come to my mind is like, am I ever going to find a man that is okay with the work that I do? Mm-hmm. And I've had that. And I was like, why am I even thinking about that? Like, I am so enough the way I am, like with everything that I am, I'm amazing. But the thought has come up because mm-hmm. I encountered someone that wanted to pursue me, but it, I was still like going through this process. And he had a problem with the blood rituals, especially because he faints with blood. <laughs> like, does any blood? <laughs> so I'm just like, and then I made it a rule. I made it like non-negotiable. If you cannot accept that I do things with my menstrual blood and I'm in tune with it and I do rituals with it, like I cannot date you. I cannot be with you. This is just for the future. This is just like, mm-hmm. okay, this is my non-negotiable. If you have a problem with blood, I cannot date you. <laughs> yeah. It's sacred. And have you seen what it does to plants? Yes. My house plants are thriving. <laughs> so do you do any rituals? Do you do anything to uh, with your menstrual blood? Or what is your relationship with your menstrual blood? I, I use it to water my plants. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the, I do a lot of rituals. I do card and journaling and like I I have um, a little it's like this adorable little bag that holds like my period underwear and I put like tea in there for myself and a little bar of chocolate in there for myself and I have a necklace that I wear when I bleed and so it's like this sort of ritual of like welcoming my blood because I get to open this gift Mm -hmm. that I pack myself and I do, you know, card pulls. I I do very, very little while I'm bleeding. I really want to, like, I get this incredible rush of oxytocin. It's like a natural high that we have access to if we're really tuned in. And so for me, my bleed is all about, like, tuning into that and letting myself be filled up by this oxytocin. Like, there was one time I was like, screw it, I'm just going to ride this. Like, I'm going to be alone in my apartment. I'm going to ride it. And by, like, day four, I spoke to one of my friends, and she was like, you look incredible. And I was like, I've I've been high on oxytocin Uh from bleeding, and I've just let myself fully go into it, and this is the result. That's amazing. And I think that's, like, one of the biggest travesties is that we think that 
pain-free is like the ultimate menstrual experience. It's not. That's like middle of the spectrum. At the other end, we get like full-blown ecstasy. It's like, it's, it's, I can't even describe it. And, and most people are missing out on this whole experience. Yeah. It's so sad. Yes, I love that. And I love how you, I do the same, how you create an experience out of your welcoming your moon, your menstrual cycle, and you prepare mm -hmm. for yourself. And I, when I've shared my rituals, I just tell women when they're not ready to smear blood on their face or anything mm -hmm. like that, or, or touch it or connect it or collect it for mm -hmm. me, it's like, okay, well do a ritual. If you want to like chocolate, eat chocolate, do a bath, do something to honor this time because it is a mm -hmm. special time it is a sacred time just do whatever feels aligned to you just because i'm doing blood rituals doesn't mean you have to do it you know if mm -hmm. you're not there yet one day you will the only thing that yeah. i've done is drink my blood i have not done that because mm -hmm. it's not a hundred percent pure there's still mm -hmm. things that i'm like putting on my face like the makeup that is not free of chemicals and or it's not mm -hmm. vegan there's still things that are not I'm not doing yet for me to mm -hmm. be like my blood is 100% pure. I can drink it, you know, but it's like mm -hmm. oh, it's not too extreme. I'm not there yet, but I honor whoever does it. <laughs> I yeah. know what it tastes like, not me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect, you know, just like how have you ever been um, judged or shamed or criticized for the work that you're doing? No. Wow, you're lucky. <laughs> I know. And and the thing is, I think it it actually took me a while to fully own it. Like my ex-partner was when I was first doing it, because it was so far from what I used to do, which was, you know, high power, like corporate, very <clears throat> sort of impressive job when you say I work for Cirque du Soleil and everyone's like oh my god you know they automatically assume you're cool <laughs> and then I went into like oh yeah I help women work with their menstrual cycle and everyone's like you do what now <laughs> but I think there's something in the ownership of it and I always then lead into an explanation and then people always want to know more because it's so fascinating because it is so taboo and they're like oh you just like said that out loud in a public place and you're like uh-huh <laughs> because it's amazing and you have no idea and then it always leads into education mm -hmm. and and I love that and I and I um I'm kind of glad that I went on that journey of of being a, you know having a little bit of shame myself Because then to get to the other side and be like, oh my God, I was doing a massive disservice by not sharing this. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just like, I, I get so excited about the menstrual cycle and fertility awareness that it's a thing. I can see like yeah. everything. <laughs> For me, it's it's been tougher because mm -hmm. of not having support. And, mm. it, and it got to the point that it's like, oh, this is going to help me uh, heal my wounding of validation and approval that I seek of other people. Admiration. Mm. I previously I was doing fitness and I would get a lot of admiration through fitness. And mm. with this is like, I am not admire at all. And it's just like, oh, my God, it hits me. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a wound within me. Okay, let's work on it. Mm -hmm. But my family, my parents are Catholic, super Catholic. 
Mm-hmm. And I was raised Catholic and I was always against the religion for some reason. I d- hated it. I hated it with passion. And now I know why, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of this disconnection with my body, this disconnection with my womb, even the Catholicism, like IVF is not even an option, you know, mm-hmm. and they do practice the natural um, tracking and all of that they do. But for them having sex, it's to procreate. It's mm-hmm. not even for the for the pleasure. It's not even to connect with your partner. So it's just like these things that I was always against. And I remember when I started doing my menstrual blood rituals, I wouldn't tell anyone. I would just do them. Mm-hmm. I had my roommate. I had a roommate then and my niece. And so I never, I would lock myself in the bathroom and I would do them. And I would not tell anyone for like a year and a half mm-hmm. until I don't know what. I can't remember the date that I was like, I'm just going to post about it. And I got my brother texting me. I got my sister who doesn't have social media, but she has Pinterest. My Facebook posts go directly to my Pinterest. And she saw the post and I was like, oh my gosh, my mom telling me I was doing things from the devil. And I didn't even think about it, but I did a cross on my forehead. I could have Mm -hmm. done a dot or circle. Somehow I did a cross and my mom thought Mm -hmm. I was doing things from the devil my dad doesn't have social media, so he doesn't know. <laughs> but when I was living in Mexico last year, I started getting into herbalism, ancestral Mexican mm. medicine. And he just started saying that I was doing things like bruja things, which is like witchy things. Mm-hmm. And he was not okay with it. <laughs> he just thought it was so weird. But I'm just like, no, I'm going to own what I do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it because I cannot not do it anymore. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't stay silence anymore. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. not an option. And it's just been a little hard on that, especially because of the extreme of the blood menstrual rituals, especially because I'm Latina and that's not really mm-hmm. my culture. My culture, most of my culture is, it's Catholic. So mm-hmm. it's been a little hard on that, but the rebel in me is like, yes. Like I kind of against the grain and leading to that. I actually noticed that you like helping rebellious women. Why is that? Yep. Why is that? Because I think to be to be to say to stand out there and say like I'm going to work with my menstrual cycle that is inherently a rebellious act. It's bold. because yeah, we've been told like to be ashamed of it, to hide it, pretend it doesn't happen. When actually it's the most miraculous process and it's just who we are, like it's how we're supposed to live. And so you have to be a bit of a rebel. You have to be bold to stand up and say, like, I'm not subscribing to this, like, patriarchal system that wants me linear. I'm just not doing it. And it's how we used to live. The reference, how women used to connect with each other, how women used to, like, help each other during their menstrual cycles. It's just that it's that is like we are remembering what we used to do and reconnecting back to it. So yeah. it, this is who we have always been. And we got so disconnected to the patriarchy, toxic masculinity, capitalism, colonization, all of this and in society. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just like it's it's ancestral <laughs> and it's part yeah. of history as women and just reconnecting back to this lifestyle this way of being this experience is so sacred yeah so sacred and i think we have pretty similar views when it comes to the church and i think that goes so that goes back to the days of the witch trials where <laughs> like witches don't 
it's like either we're all witches or none of us are witches because it's actually it was the genocide of women like these were women who you know just had their own property or were midwives they were just women who were independent and doing their work in society and the church didn't like that so it put a stop to it by killing the women mm-hmm. and so i think it's actually really important that we reclaim this witchy nature that we have because it's just who we are like women are magic in whatever way you know that word resonates for people yeah we just are like and we're supposed to connect with the earth and we're supposed to connect with herbal medicine and our blood and our cycles that's how like you said that's how it was originally before like sorry but the church came along and ruined it all Mm -hmm. so I think it's no wonder that we are women who are empowered by this work can often feel this way about the church because it was the church that ruined it all in the first place no and I fully agree and it was just this they saw our power they Mm -hmm. felt our power they knew our power especially as medicine women as healers as intuitive Mm -hmm. as midwives the birth keepers Mm-hmm. as the, the ones making the remedies the herbalists you know and i do i did have a past life regression and i know i was a midwife i've also a, an herbalist and I, being mm-hmm. an herbalist is huge in my culture in mexico i don't know what it is in your culture but in mexico it's like a tea anytime you're sick mm-hmm. make a tea a tea a tea so it's still part of there but it's mm-hmm. still like it's just very specific things that we're still like doing but other things is like no that's from the devil and it's just like how we were controlled how mm-hmm. we were manipulated how we were shut down from our power and mm-hmm. it's just that i just people when people get to know the history they the shame goes away because it's yeah. like oh this is what we have always been why have a why am i always why have i been shameful about it why have I dim this as a source of it's gross, it's nasty, it smells or whatever, when it's just such a part of us. And it's just mm-hmm. like this remembrance that I feel like yeah. it's so powerful for women. So I love that you're doing this work. I love that I do this work too. <laughs> and that <laughs> women, and I'm so glad that I, I brought you my podcast because I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is, um, I haven't started talking about much about my periods or anything like that. Cause I was just like, it's like being very, um, my story kind of slowly slowly but i'm so happy that you were the first one that i'm talking about this now (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. very exciting um and i just love the work that you're doing thank you yeah so let me ask you a few more questions before we end this beautiful conversation so before you started this journey there was a truth of you a version of Mm -hmm. you pretty much what is the truth of who you are today Mm. the woman that you are today i am inconsistent (laughs) contradictory (laughs) (laughs) emotional sensitive i'm like a thousand different women in one Mm -hmm. and i love that for myself yes because before I was one woman who was career driven and numb, like so numb because I was so focused on like getting stuff done and appearing to have my shit together. 
And now it's like all of that fell off. Mm -hmm. And I get to be all of these different versions of myself and parts fall away and parts come in. And I get to play in all of it, always get closer to who I really am. And to be able to fully embrace that feels so, so powerful. And to be able to claim those words that are like seen as negative, as a real positive, it feels really important and it feels really, really powerful. Yes, love that. And I feel like you just gave a lot of women permission to own who they are, to own their messiness, this simple mm -hmm. wild beings to give themselves permission to feel multiple personalities within the same day <laughs> yep. not be shame for it not have shame about it because when you accept that nobody can shame you because it has no wounding within you when you do that work exactly and it was yep. so, yeah and it, i guess for so many women we're called crazy we're yep. called crazy. that is oh man <sighs> because that's been my journey too <laughs> so what is a a ritual that you do to stay connected with your truth and your intuition and just you i connect with my cycle every single day and it's even if it's just for one one of my favorite practices i don't even know why i said even if it's just because it's so powerful is just to spend a minute in silence just to check in with myself And I'll do that like multiple times throughout the day and just feel into my body. How does it feel? How am I doing? And then I make a note of it or several notes of it <laughs> because I'm extra. At the end of the day, every night before I go to bed, I make notes about how I was doing that day. And it's just that really simple act of paying attention through the day and then noting it down. Like it's so simple and it's so powerful. And it just helps you reconnect with you because sometimes we go days on autopilot and we don't even yep. know what we're feeling. We don't even know something's going on. We don't even know like what we want to do. Do we want to eat that mm -hmm. food? Like, am I feeling like good today? And it's just, um, I love that practice. So simple, but so powerful, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So where can anyone reach out to you, connect with you, find you and tap into your wisdom, your medicine, your teachings. Yeah. So I'm at womanempowercoaching.com and at womanempower.co on Instagram. And if they go to the link in my bio, there's like a bunch of free webinars. There's that free cycle chart and an ebook and all kinds of free resources that they can find. And a link to my Facebook group is there as well. And I'm often in there doing trainings for free in fact in september i'm going to have a a three-day training mm -hmm. that will be totally free in my facebook group as well so they can yeah join yeah i actually do, i'm just looking you did give me all the links so all the links it's gonna be on um on the show notes so when Perfect. podcast is released i'm so excited for this interview for this it's not an interview it's a conversation i keep saying interview. yeah right <laughs> And it's just like beautiful. It's a beautiful. I love it. I love the work that you're doing. I love that you are here today as a woman <laughs> in this lifetime doing this work because it's a, it's an act of rebellion to be doing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so happy I got to be 
with you to feel your energy i just love everything about you and the work that you do thank you so much for coming on my podcast mm, thank you so much okay bye <laughs> bye bye Thank you so much for being part of this conversation for Feminine Truth Podcast. This podcast is for you, for me, for us, for the Feminine Collective. Thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us. Share on Instagram and Facebook stories what resonated with you. And if you're listening to this and for anyone to get a hold of this podcast at Feminine Truth Podcast, and if you feel called to, Leave us a review, let us know your thoughts, let, an, let us know how this has felt for you listening to the podcast. And the episodes are going to be every Tuesday, so I cannot wait to see you next time. Sending so much love.